and welcome to IOM3 Investigates, the podcast series of the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining. We are one of the UK's major science and engineering institutions and our activities are focused on the promotion and development of all aspects of the materials cycle. These include the science, design, engineering and technology of materials, minerals and mining and their practical applications. We facilitate qualifications, professional recognition and development, share knowledge and provide networking services to a global membership and wider community. We hope you enjoy our podcast series. In this episode of IM3 Investigates, I'm joined by Fiona Sesford, Corporate Consultant with SRK, and Adam Matthews, Co-Director of Investment Team at the Church of England Pensions Board. Fiona has 30 years experience in the field of environment, social and governance management, both as a regulator at the UK's Environment Agency and as a consultant in SRK South African and UK practices. She specialises in the application of good international industry practice in mining. She's a fellow of IM3 and a chartered environmentalist. Adam is the co-director of the investment team at the Church of England Pensions Board, where he's worked for six years. During that time, and also in his role as co-chair of the Transition Pathway Initiative, Adam has been a key player in bringing ethical considerations into investor decisions in mining and beyond. Prior to that, Adam had a number of roles in public policy on environmental issues, including as Secretary General of a legislator's organisation working across the G20 parliaments and running the parliamentary office of a member of the UK Parliament. Together, we will be looking at the issue of investors and responsible mining, with our demand for metals and minerals predicted to grow fivefold over the next few decades if we are to meet the target of keeping climate change below two degrees. Minimising the negative impacts of mining is essential. Adam and Fiona, hello. Hi. So Fiona, could you just start off by giving us a quick introduction to SRK and your role there? Thanks, Colin. SRK is an independent international consultancy supporting the mining industry and other natural resource industries. Uh, we offer services from initial exploration right through to closure and all aspects of uh, the mining industry. With over 20 years at SRK, my role has developed from initially undertaking environmental and social impact assessments for mining projects through to contributing to multidisciplinary due diligence studies covering all aspects of ESG. And I advise mining companies and their investors on risks and opportunities associated with ESG and how these can be managed responsibly. And by ESG, we mean environmental, social and governance issues, yeah? Correct. Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Adam, I think uh, most of our listeners will know about the Church of England, but perhaps not about the Church of England Pension Fund. Can you give us an idea of the size of it and, and, and where it's investing, please? Sure. Well, we're the pension fund for 40,000 members of the clergy, current and prospective, and, and previous, and equally people that work for the church. Um, we're an open uh, DB uh, defined benefit pension fund, so we are growing and we will be around for quite some time. And we have three billion pounds in assets under management at the moment, um, but that's growing rapidly, and we expect to sort of grow that quite quite quickly and we're invested internationally in, in across all different kinds of asset classes and we're invested across the mining industry. Thank you. So Fiona, mining is clearly vital to humanity's development. Um, if it isn't grown it has to be mined. So to help us kick off the discussion can you just give us a brief explanation of what we mean by responsible mining? 
Well, it's a, a term that can mean many things to, to different people. Uh, for the cynically minded, it's a claim by mining companies to try and differentiate themselves from, from their peers. But there have been a lot of claims of, of greenwashing. Uh, for those like me that are a little bit more uh, optimistic, uh, we think it's about showing how mining can promote and support the delivery of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, or, or SDGs. Um, th there is no doubt that mining, if poorly managed, has the potential to impact on people's human rights and, and result in significant harm to the biophysical environment. But over the last 20 years since, um, or even 30 years since the Rio Declaration and things like the Mining Minerals and Sustainable Development Report, we, we've seen massive positive changes within the industry. Um, so looking for an actual definition, um, I spotted some words by the Initiative for Responsible Mining Assurance who state that responsible mining is a world where the mining industry respects the human rights and aspirations of affected communities, provides safe, healthy, and supportive workplaces, and minimizes harm to the environment and leaves positive legacies. I, I do think that it also involves all the parties throughout the, the industry. So that's mining companies, governments, investors, beneficiators, manufacturers, all being transparent about their respective um, ESG activities to build trust in, in the industry. And lastly, it also means looking for opportunities for continuous improvement, whether that's ensuring a positive social legacy or improving energy efficiency with the aim of becoming carbon neutral. So Adam, that's the, the perspective, if you like, from, from the mining side. As an investor, what does the responsible meaning to, mean to you and, and, and to the church pension fund? Well, I mean, we, we spent some time looking at um, the ethics around the mining sector. We're an ethical pension fund. We try and align the values of the beneficiaries of, of our fund with the way that we invest. And so therefore we go through an effort of understanding what, what are the key teachings of the church and how does that relate to a sector like the mining sector. Um, so there's a sort of rich set of um, sources that can sort of help us inform the way that we interact with the mining sector as an investor. And for us, it's a hugely important sector. Um, it is absolutely central to society and, and the way that society evolves and is going to be critical in the low carbon transition. Um, when mining is done well, it can be a huge powerful driver of, of growth and change and equally generation of wealth and development for communities. Equally, when it goes wrong, it can go badly wrong. And we've seen a number of examples where it's gone terribly wrong. And when that happens, the sector gets its social license called into question. And that poses challenges for investors to remain invested in it and equally sort of runs up against that challenge. But actually, you can't really walk away from this sector because it's so intrinsic to society. And so for us, responsible mining is, is something that I feel that the whole sector needs to strive for together and companies individually, but very much in partnership with their investors. And ultimately, it's about the social license of the sector, how it interacts with its role with communities in society and, and the environment in which they operate and having the confidence of all those different stakeholders to be able to continue their operations. 
And I think it's a deeply complicated thing that takes enormous time to understand and to begin to develop approaches to address. And it's something that's continuous. It's not an end point. It is something that you need to continually do. But when you are on that path and you're doing it with all the best of intent, I think you can carry your investor base as partners with you and you will build that confidence that you're acting responsibly. You carry the confidence of your communities and that that's something that really I think will position companies most effectively for the very challenging environment that I think we're all operating in. Yes, I think um, it is really interesting to see the, the investor interest growing in that space. And I think we'll, we'll want to talk quite a lot more about that. Um, and I know you've been very influential in, in making that happen. Fiona, you've, you've already used the greenwash word. Do you think really that the global mining industry is taking this seriously? Or, or is it just to try and give the brush off to people like Adam uh, and other investors and, and, and NGOs and what have you? I think there's been a change. If you'd asked me 10 years ago, I would have said that the majors were definitely taking it seriously. And any company seeking to raise funds from an Equator Principles financial institution had no choice but to take it seriously or they wouldn't have had access to, to um, financing. However, there historically were many mining companies that were, were privately funded. And in these cases, robust management, responsible mining, I think was considered a bit more of a, an afterthought or a kind of necessary evil to try and get their permit. It certainly wasn't embedded within the business models. We're now definitely seeing a paradigm shift. And there are a number of industry-related surveys showing that ESG topics such as social license to operate, um, reducing carbon footprints, dynamically managing risks, and managing the future of the workforce, that these are things that are at the forefront of mining executives' minds. Uh, and, and I think the majority of mining companies are realizing that responsible mining and the concepts of the ESG need to be taken seriously. But I do think there is still uncertainty about how to put this into practice, particularly at an asset level. I think there may be many management teams sitting there scratching their heads and going, we're hearing all of this, but what does it mean in terms of day-to-day -day operation? Yeah, I think there are some real practical challenges and uh, hopefully we'll have another podcast to look at those in some more detail. Adam, I think you've really explained well why the, the Church of England Pension Fund is interested in responsible mining, that sort of ethical relationship. Um, but there are other investors taking this seriously, aren't they? Who else is in, into this space and, and do you have a sense of why? Um, I, I would venture that there's a large number of funds. I mean, I, I co-chair and lead a number of collaborations of investors that are in the 10 trillion, 20 trillion range um, on on a series of issues from climate change through to tailing stands through to indigenous rights. And there you've got a very significant section of um, company shareholders, bondholders, um, and, and the wider sort of responsible investment community that are clearly identifying sector-wide concerns, often catalyzed by a specific incident um, or an issue that really they see as completely challenging the whole sector. So my sense is that this is deeply um, going mainstream and that this isn't a fringe issue for some funds that are that have sort of particular ethics. The, these are issues that are absolutely core to a lot of funds understanding of the sector, of the challenges facing the sector and that the investor community need to be much more proactive in rolling up their sleeves 
understanding these challenges, getting extremely practical, but with clear expectations that things may need to change on particular issues and working with companies to define what best practice is and where that exists to be clearly identifying the need for that to be implemented and then working with companies to drive the change that has to happen. Now, I think that there's been a explosion of indicators and ESG criteria, etc. in across the sector. And I think that could be challenging for companies, particularly the medium and smaller operators that are sort of seeing this wall of information requests. And therefore, I think it's incumbent on investors to work to better define what is important in, in, in the mind of investors on these particular issues. And I think that will happen. I think you'll naturally see that, but we're, we're, but we're inevitably going through this phase where I think we're asking for lots of information to understand things, to be able to move and then define best practice. And this is mainstream. This, this is only going in one direction. So if you feel that it's 10 trillion today, it's gonna to be 20, 30 trillion tomorrow. And I, I have no doubt on that, that these issues are material. These issues are um, hugely important to the social license of companies. And those companies that understand that are the ones that I think will ultimately manage the challenge and issues, manage the transition on issues like climate change and equally retain the confidence of their investor base to provide, to retain their shareholder and then equally to provide the finance that they're going to need through um, their future bond. Yes, I think um, there's lots of evidence, isn't there, that companies that take any <clears throat> ethical issue seriously, whether it's environmental or health and safety or um, work of conditions or whatever it might be, organisations that take that seriously just tend to be better managed and more successful uh, in general. No, absolutely. But I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's ethical, yes, it's common sense, yes, it's 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 financial and a risk. It's all three. And equally, the evidence is quite clear that companies that understand these issues are often the ones that are better managed and better placed on a company that well manages climate change well, actually probably has very good governance on a range of other issues as well. And you see that sort of cut across increasingly evidenced um, as well. Mm -hmm. and, and Fiona, in, in, in your work, are you starting to really see people take notice of the investors at all scales? Um, or is it still just the, the big houses when they're looking for big financing that you mentioned earlier? No, I, I think it's definitely across the board. You know, if I refer back to the first due diligence studies I did 15 plus years ago, as an ESG professional, I was lucky to get more than a couple of days to go, yeah, they've got their permits. Yeah, they've got some sort of closure provision. Yeah, there's nobody screaming in the local media and complaining and that was my scope of work it was one person doing a few days work now the scope of work for for esg due diligence is the equivalent of all the technical other disciplines put together and needing a diverse team of of esg professionals in order to to meet the requirements another couple of examples i was recently involved um with a, uh, a discussion about a possible acquisition. Uh, and a lot of the equity was expected to arise from London-based investors. We were on a call during the call. One of the investors basically said that the ESG performance and the management of ESG risks would be looked at before they even considered whether or not there were resources in the ground. Kind of cart before horse when you're a mining company but it just shows how important it is and, and how exploration level projects, how important it is right at the very beginning to make sure that you're thinking about responsible mining right at the start. 
And a colleague of mine had a similar statement made during a meeting for an operational company that was looking to list on the London Stock Exchange. Again, um, you know, the, the ESG and the concept of responsible mining um, is at the forefront because the London Stock Exchange has a set of guidance um, on good practice and that's driven by the demand from, from investors um, who want a consistent approach to obtaining ESG information for their decision making. Just one thing I would like to point out is that we, we do want to see a change in the mindset of some investors from, from mining being handled as an opt-out because of its, its bad negative perceptions into understanding that mining is a, a critical component of the future green economy and it needs positive investment and there should be a way to, to opt into that and support responsible mining companies. But the problem with that is, and the reason it is an opt-out is because it is complicated and the sector as a collective has not addressed some of the sector-wide challenges. And therefore, whilst individual companies can exhibit excellent best practice and be leaders in that regard, there are issues that will then happen and occur in, in one other company that then questions the whole sector. And quite frankly, you have investors looking at multiple asset classes. And then when they're sort of looking at sectors, this gets into the too complicated. Now we think that's absolutely the wrong approach, but that's the reality of having a sector that hasn't addressed some of these challenges. And therefore that leap to sort of really understanding the critical importance of it is lost. And that doesn't work for this sector. I mean, that, that's a real problem. And we now feel that you need to work much more proactively as an investor in this sector to really address those issues, to ensure that you can then do as Fiona's suggesting, because until you have that more comprehensive um, focus on addressing these challenges across the sector, I think it's gonna be hard to sort of unleash the, the, that positive potential um, because you're always gonna be questioned. And with the scrutiny that funds are under and looking at ESG criterias, the need to demonstrate your understanding of this um, to, to multiple stakeholders, I think you've got to have those other issues addressed to give you the confidence across the sector. Now, I think it's absolutely possible, and there's some really encouraging signs. Um, there's some really significant changes in the way things are happening. I think the response in, to tailing stands, for example, has really shown how this can be addressed, but there's, there isn't still that real coming together across the sector that I think is going to get us to the point yet. I think we can do that over time, and I would love to see much more proactive investment into the sector um, from responsible investors with confidence, because I completely agree this sector is critical to the low carbon transition. Yes, I think I think there's there's absolutely several different groups of people that really need to be coming together in this. There's the the mining industry as as companies, there's governments, there's investors. And there's also people like IOM3 as professional bodies, because I think we should be, we can and we must be doing more to try and support individual mining professional competence. And it's one of the reasons, so we, we're doing a piece of work for the UNESCO Centre on Mining Engineering Competence to try and develop a global standard for uh, engineering competence, basically. And the things that we think we want to emphasise in that are um, ethics, uh, environmental sensitivity, um, and things like financial planning or what have you, because they're so important now and they're absolutely key. If you really want to understand whether this company is any good or not, you need to understand the quality of its people as well as the quality of its resources and the quality of its governance and so on and so forth. So I absolutely agree. It's a multifaceted problem, but it's fundamental. These materials are just key 
for our future. We, we will not get to a below two degree scenario without mining. Just won't do or we will get there, but it'll be on the backs of 50,000 children mining vital yeah. minerals. So, yeah. um, and, and yeah, they're the swings and roundabouts. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I don't think anybody wants it that way around. So Adam, when you start talking to mining boards about this, are you being welcomed? Are you being resisted? Are you, you know, how, how are they interacting and reacting? Well, I, I think at the moment you've you've got some very significant interventions on, and we've jointly led one with the Swedish National Pension Funds, which are about 120 billion odd um, pension funds. They co-lead the work we've been doing on tailings dams. We've again worked with them with the Australian funds in relation to the issue on indigenous um, communities uh, following Yonkin Gorge, um, and on, on issues of climate change. You've got a 50 trillion coalition of investors making clear expectations around net zero and transition plans across the sector so i i don't i, I mean we we are able to engage at the highest level across all the companies that we're contacting some are more sort of skeptical or resistant on particular issues others are absolutely embracing and keen to demonstrate that they've understood the challenge and they're working on it and they've got plans and want to have your confidence in that and some of them are real allies in recognizing the sort of the sector-wide dynamic of the challenge and, and wanting to find ways in which we can constructively address the problem and, and work together. So we we recognize, I think, part of the difficulties you often sort of are engaging with the high, the larger end of the spectrum on, on issues, but these issues and standards and best practice need to flow throughout the medium and smaller operators. And I think there we've started on, on issues like climate change to really engage throughout all, I mean, we contacted 700 odd companies on, on the issue of tailings to find out whether they had them or they didn't have them to begin with. Um, and then working through with those that do have them, what their what their standards are and how that relates. Now we've developed an international standard. We expect everybody, whether large, medium or small, to implement that standard. Some companies will not respond, um, some companies will. But what you're gonna see is an alignment between the banking, insurance and investor community that will expect the standard to be adopted and expect a plan for implementation, whatever your size, and that there needs to be mechanisms to support those smaller operators. But you, you're gonna see the finance community sort of driving that standard through. And, and so whether a company wishes to engage or not, well, there'll come a point at which they can touch into the finance community and they'll either require investment or the refinancing of a bond or um, insurance or provision through the banking community that that will meet the expectations. So, and I think there, whether they've engaged previously or not, they'll find that they'll probably need to engage with the subject. And so, I mean, that's not meant in a threatening way or sort of, it sounds like a bit of a sledgehammer, but it's, an, it's indicative of the change in dynamic where you've had an issue where the sector hasn't addressed it, individual companies have, and actually we've stepped in and are driving a, a process and an expectation with consultation, with engagement, with companies to a point that um, you, you really need the board, the chair, the CEO to really be responsive, embracing. And in many instances, we've had hugely positive um, experiences with, with companies, but you also get those that resist. Yes, I think we, we, we'll talk a little bit more about the, the, the tailings issue in a moment, because I think that's a, 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 a really useful example of, of, of action and reaction here. But Fiona, there, there, there are some non-financial operators who are trying uh, to promote uh, responsible mining as well. What are the big initiatives? What are the big focuses for people? We've uh, touched on a few of them, but perhaps you can set that out a bit more for us. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have touched on a few and, um, you know, <laughs> 
at the end of the day, even the, the non-financial organizations, that there's still an element of it coming back around to, to investment, um, however that may be achieved. But one of the overarching themes we're seeing is that a, a number of the organizations are trying to um, look at mining from a, a more proactive perspective and to show how mining can positively contribute towards achieving um, the UN Sustainable Development Goals. I mentioned those a bit earlier. Some examples of this are things like the, the World Gold Council's recently released a report on gold mining's contribution to the SDGs using um, specific examples from its, its members. Um, things on, uh, well, basically all the concepts, gender equality, um, education, climate action, many, many, many more. Uh, I think this is helpful in, in trying to highlight um, to the wider industry what done um, and that there are benefits to be achieved uh, by adhering to um, this as a kind of business model. Um, the Responsible Mining Foundation, uh, which is an independent research organization encouraging continuous improvement in responsible mining, is working with the Columbia Center of Sustainable Investment. They've done a, a similar type of thing in comparing mining with the um, SDGs. Um, they've also trying to raise awareness of the state of the industry uh, with their responsible mining index that compares the publicly available ESG policies and practices of 38 large scale mining companies. So that's just one thing. Then you've got things like the World Bank, um, can you call that non-financial? Uh, they've got their climate smart mining, um, uh, looking at uh, you know the the fact that uh, the energy transition, as Adam was saying, is going to be mineral intensive. Um, there's also things like the forest smart mining. That's another World Bank initiative, uh, looking at both large scale and artisanal mining. Um, and how to, to manage um, disturbance to forestry areas. And then you've got organizations like the International Council of Mining and Metals, um, which has a number of different programs aimed at improving performance, uh, hot topics at the moment, uh, closure and rehabilitation. Um, ICMM in 2019 released the latest version of their closure toolkit and literally in the last week or so have released a closure maturity framework uh, that helps mining companies understand where they are in the closure process and what needs to be done. Water stewardship, um, access to water is a basic human right, fundamental to supporting ecosystem services, uh, biodiversity, um, uh, ICMM is looking at all of this uh, and then of course there is the whole issue around uh, tailings management. We're going to take a break now before we tackle tailings. Please look out for the second segment of this podcast to continue the conversation. For more information about us visit iom3.org or to keep up to date with our latest news follow us on social media using at iom3 on Twitter and at the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining on LinkedIn. If you're interested in our upcoming podcasts or want to get involved, please subscribe to hear more from us through Apple, Google Podcasts or Spotify.